Welcome to the latest episode of The Chris White Show, a podcast dedicated to helping small to medium-sized business owners and anyone to, looking to make the entrepreneurial leap. A little about me, your host, Chris White. I'm an entrepreneur based in Brooklyn, New York. I currently own two companies, a boutique digital agency called Sneakers and a staffing and recruiting firm, Rad Hires. Our featured guest this week is Ian Dahlberg, founder and CEO of Dahlcore's Security Guard Services. Dahlcore's Security Guard Services was developed to address your specific security needs with security guards in Staten Island, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, Bronx, and Long, Long Island. Dahlcore's uniformed or business attired armed or unarmed security guards are deployed to provide security guard services at a variety of locations and are available 24 hours per day, seven days per week, 365 days per year. You can find out more about Ian and Dahlcore at dahlcore.com. We'll have the link in the uh, post for the episode. What's going on, Ian? How are you, brother? Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. A uh, little update, too. We're also in Orange County, New York, as well. We just opened a branch this week. Oh, awesome. That's cool, man. Sweet. We're going upstate. Yes. I don't even know where that is. but <laughs> It's where they made the motorcycles on that show that time. Oh. <laughs> it's about two hours, but it's a great drive. And it was a beautiful place. Oh, and nice. we, had, we had a big opportunity there, so we took advantage of it and then started Ooh. in that area. I that's, enjoyed it. Yeah. That's sick, man. Like, you know, you got four kids. You're opening up another location. You cover all the boroughs and Long Island. Like, man, that's just... You're crushing it, brother. You're crushing it. I saw, I just saw how quickly you were growing, like when we first met. And, you know, I've always looked up to you, man, as a, an amazing business owner and somebody who just hustles, somebody who just gets it done. So I salute you, man. You deserve it. That's great. Thank you. It's been a heck yeah, of a road. Yeah. yeah and, you know, from when I think when we first met, I think we had, I had like maybe less than 10 security guards and we have over 150 on staff now. Wow. That's, you know, that's wild. That's why we, def we got, definitely got to talk about some staffing stuff because I'm trying to do more staffing stuff going into 2024. That'll be a separate convo. Um, you know, but jumping into the show, I like to start out with uh, one of my favorite questions. What's your favorite success quote and why is it your favorite and how are you applying it in your everyday business life, brother? Well, this one can be interpreted in a couple of ways. I think it best suits me. It's Winston Churchill. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and it can be looked at as like ambulance chaser, but, uh, you know, <laughs> wherever there is a crisis, there's business for me. Yes. And, you know, if, uh, you know, we have, you know, currently we have the migrant situation where we have all these migrant facilities in New York. And what mm -hmm. happens? I get calls from surrounding businesses because they're getting affected by that. Uh, people going in and messing with inventory. Nothing really? hostile. It's just yeah. it, it kills sales when. You know, you're having um, people coming and just, you know, sitting on like, say, a $60,000 motorcycle or when a client pulls up in a $400,000 car and somebody wants to sit on the hook who doesn't yeah. know any better. So, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But um, also with that quote, uh, like I said, besides, you know, crisis, there's business. But with that quote, I learn from every crisis that takes place, not just mm -hmm. as from the security aspect, but I'm also an active shooter instructor. And I use <laughs> I study every active shooter case that comes through on what could have been done differently. And then with my mm -hmm. clients who, you know, we not just only have the security guard services, but also use pr previous examples of, you know, crises to stop it. What could have, what would have been the first thing that would have possibly stopped this from hap ever happening? And mm -hmm. we have that with our clients. So it's like, it, you know, it, it factors in two things for, you know, sales as well as operations. 
Yeah. Yeah. And happy uh, Veterans Day, by the way, brother. Um, what's uh, what's been your biggest, uh, you know, failure to trying to build up, uh, you know, sort of your business, uh, you know, anything in particular that stands out to you that you just look back like, man, I should have just totally not taken that client or totally did this differently. You know, what does that well, look like for you? Let's see. It's nine o'clock. So we have how many? Yeah, we fail every day. And, it, you know, the, you know, the line is first attempt in learning is, you know, what failure, what fail means. But um, I think the biggest thing was when I first started this company, you know, I come from, you know, other security guard agencies where I worked my way up from the ranks of security guard all the way to, you know, running a regional account, uh, you okay. know, a branch, like, you know, I had like 300 guards plus working for me at the time. I was thinking like, all right, I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to bring people with me. That was the mm. biggest mistake I ever did because people who were with you before you were something, you know, working at a company as a coworker, they're going to take advantage. And I did this two times. Uh, the first time, you know, things were not, you know, they got it. First we hit it hard and then got comfortable, lazy and took advantage of everything. And I had to fire them and then brought in another person I worked with and cost me a million in yearly revenue. That worst. And Holy moly. Yeah. Whoa. It was just like the background, you know, these were managers of security guard agencies, like big yeah. ones too. Mm. So it's just kind of like, what are you doing? So now I have, um, another, you know, my operations manager now, he started with me as a guard at Dalcor. He's mm -hmm. an army veteran and he's awesome. You know, he never had management experience before Dalcor, but he's learned that, you know, the way that I do things. And mm -hmm. he has that military background that kind of, we, we have the same mindset on how we do business, Yeah. which, uh, and it's been phenomenal. And we've been going back in business. We've recovered that loss uh, that was from the previous managers or from mm -hmm. the previous manager. And um, it, we're moving forward hard and he's built up his team internally with the Dolcor guards and raised them up the ranks and they're yeah. all a plus. That's cool, man. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Maybe, and maybe that was a eureka moment. But I, I guess, you know, my next question I always like to ask is what was that eureka moment? But, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's different for you, but is there anything else that stands out for you in terms of, you know, was there a eureka moment that you had where like, oh, wow, if, if I do this strategically, that's really going to scale the biz, you know? Yeah, it's um, you, especially starting with my, my company is only six years old and there's always, I'm always learning. There's always, we're always changing. Um, eureka moments to, you know, how we manage security officers. We, you, if you do it like everyone else, you're competing with everyone else. If you're doing mm -hmm. it differently, you're not, you're in a whole different level. So when it comes to, you know, managing security officers, we have now a monitoring system that helps the accountability. Say if something happened, we can go mm -hmm. back on the tape and see what happened. And yeah, we now do this all our facilities as well as uh, using it as spot checks. So when people have, uh, a field service manager drive or a field service inspector driving around going through New York city, taking like an hour between sites. We can instantaneously hit them all and see where everybody is making sure we have proper shift change, making sure that relieves are showing up in time. Um, you know, having our own dispatch system now and mm -hmm. you know, we can, you know, a lot of people just say, Oh, well, that costs too much money. Well, if you don't scale, you're not going to grow. So every time we grow, we find a new way to scale and make operations smoother. And I've tried running it on the cut rate, version where more profit, more money, but then you realize 
you're going to just collapse. And a lot of guard agencies do do that because they don't want to pay for the extra support. Oh, okay. You, I mean, the company collapses also, maybe you personally as a, as a business owner just collapse, I guess, too. Or... Yeah, you go, you know, turn into Howard awesome. Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what, what do you do consistently daily that sets you apart and makes you successful? Um, consistent, unfortunately, consistency is not a luxury this company has. It's, <laughs> yeah, I try to, uh, you know, we have our, you know, our admin items and, you know, we consistently are hiring. I have a, a person that's just dedicated to go on the job boards and setting up interviews all the time. Mm. You know, we don't want any B players, we want A players and we're, yeah. You know, sometimes you just don't have the option but to go for B players with the labor market. But then when you find that A player, it's all, a, you know, a game of numbers, you know. It's mm -hmm. kind of like uh, the sell me this pen. How long are you in the market for a pen? If you're not, move on to someone who is. It's, you know, we're looking for someone who's actually interested in doing the job. I know it's crazy to say interested in being a security officer, but you have people that are interested in being a security officer. That's what they do. And that's mm -hmm. the type of look for. And we find them. It's just a, a numbers game. So consistently hiring uh, or consistently interviewing. Even if we don't have a spot, okay. we're going to interview, uh, whether it's virtual or in person. Um, <clears throat> another and one is, uh, you know, just checking with the team every morning, let them know they're hurt, and then just kind of going through a brief with the schedule. The schedule is a big thing. We're constantly having to change the schedule because mm -hmm. it's multiple. We're, we're servicing over 25 locations in New York City alone. Wow. And wow. If, you know, for someone who works at, say, one location and you deal with call outs, <laughs> we're, we're managing 25 businesses, staff of 25 businesses. So we have the call outs and then we have to balance out everything on the schedule, but make sure that that doesn't roll over to next week to where we accidentally book someone who wasn't supposed to be there. It's um, <clears throat> so always scheduled maintenance on a daily. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like. I mean, I, I do stuff with remote people like staffing, but I, I can't even imagine like doing that on site. Are, are those mostly like 24 seven types of engagements or some of those are just during like retail hours? Like some are. I mean, we have sites that are as low as I think the smallest site we have is 30 hours a week in service. Okay. And the biggest we have is ranges because it's a, a concert venue so we're doing sometimes wow. between 500 to 800 hours okay um, you know we if we get a big and it's on a weekly too so you know sometimes we'll get someone big uh you know like we did a show for uh d nice um oh. buster rhymes stuff yeah. like that like to really cool. get the pop the general population to go to this stuff it's yeah. just all hands on deck 30 guards plus 40 guards plus and oh, um, wow. and wow. then yeah, and you have like a two weeks, one week notice sometimes for these oh. things. <laughs> like, sure you find, who we have, who we have that's qualified. If they're not qualified, get them qualified. And <laughs> it's... Wow, man. Wow. I, I know a guy who has a music venue. I think I'll have to introduce you. Uh, I never even thought of that for you. Please but... don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> we love it, but it, it's yeah. very. It show it, the show business is crazy. Uh, you yeah. know, with, with this, we have from homeless shelters to high um, high end residentials to concert halls to bars. It's it just yeah. it, it, you get a taste of all sectors. But show business, dear God, 
I mean, you said Carnegie Hall too, right? Like that's pretty mm-hmm. upscale. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's um, it's you just don't send anybody to those things. So it's yeah. uh, that's constantly uh, interviewing. We, luckily, with that, there's a pride with it. Mm. There's a, an amazement just working there. I love when I go to the shows because you look around, and you're just like, damn, Carnegie Hall, and it's yeah. the, the yeah. arch, you don't see architecture like that anymore. And um, uh, yeah, we we have a good consistent staff over there, so we really never have to hire too much, but we do have to get backups. So mm-hmm. and that goes back to interviewing people again for that. It's, it's a good paying gig too. I mean, it's not, so yeah. we, we, we get very well qualified individuals there. That's cool, man. <clears throat> who's, um, who's an entrepreneur you admire or, you know, like a book you love, you know, and why, you know, uh, what would you like to share with our listeners? Well, with this question, I was, I, I was thinking, cause my education is books. I, when I was a security guard in a booth, so when I was commuting, uh, either if I was, you know, on public transportation, I was reading a book. If I was driving my car, it was an audio book. But hmm. with all the time we have in our daily commute, you educating yourself is where you need to be. And the best resource in New York City, especially, is the library. No, hmm. it's you can you can get an MBA worth of education just from books, and it's cheap. It's not free. Yeah. yeah. So I was, you know, I. I started trying to think what was the most influential book. And I think it comes down to like a combination of a bunch of books mm-hmm. that you can look from different levels. So I kind of looked, broke it down into inspirational, foundational, operational, and then straight hunter killer. So, <laughs> Love it. Love it. Let's go. When I was 16 years old, especially, this goes into the foundational, but my first ever business books were two of them. It was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I think if you just need to read that because you need to find a way how money works, you know, your money working for you. And that's mm-hmm. what I took from it, your assets, your liabilities, and your money working for you and how you build up to that point. And that's kind of where everything. And then the, it was the other one was The Mindset of the Millionaire. Oh, no, The, the Millionaire mm-hmm. Mind by Thomas Stanley. Oh, really? The, Never. The Millionaire Next okay. Door. And when I... I was when I was a kid. I Borders book. I w- remember walking by and I saw it in the window. I'm like, so that's what it is. It shows like a picture of a scalp and it's cut down in different pieces, like you know, in like oh, a diagram, okay. like in a psychology yeah, yeah. book. Yeah. And it says the millionaire mind. So I believed while I was a high school, and like, if I get that book, I'll think like a millionaire and become a millionaire. And wow. it really taught me uh, vocation, vocation, vocation. Be a master of one thing. Like you always hear, like people say. I'm a jack of all trades. Yeah, but you're a master of none. So you're useless. Mm-hmm. Are you going to pay a person that's a jack knows a little bit about everything or a lot about that one thing? And that's what you're going to hire them for. And that's mm-hmm. where my focus to security just, you know, narrowed in. Uh, even when yeah. I was, you know, out of high school and going in the military, it was like, this is what I do for a living. And I just learned everything. I still do. I'm always learning mm-hmm. about security. Um, so, but going in the order that I was saying, so for inspiration, Richard Branson is a huge inspiration for me. If you look oh. at his marketing techniques, especially, and just the fun mm, work genius. environment he has, yeah. it's awesome. That's and the, that does come to where I had the Ford Mustang as a patrol car. Oh, yeah. You know, car yeah. Is, how do you make security fun? Yeah. By having awesome patrol vehicles. Yeah. So, you know, the we had the Mustang, rest in pieces. And then we had, thank uh, <laughs> you, a New York sanitation. And I uh, <laughs> sort of chuck right into it. And oh then uh, we have the Hummer, which is at one of our sites. It's always breaking down. It's but it's just awesome. I got yeah. racing seats in it, and it's a, and those have yeah. also generated so much views on our Google pages or Facebook pages. 
I still bet. use pictures of the Mustang. I don't think people know the Mustang's dead. Like, just <laughs> so, I have so much B-roll that I haven't even released yet. Because <laughs> I remember when I put the Mustang out there. It's a V6. I bought the car for $2,500 on Facebook. <laughs> I put a GT hood scoop on it, and I made it look like a Dubai police car. Yeah. It yeah. generated over 30,000 views in a couple weeks. Wow. Took off of one photo. I'm like, all right, we're on to something. And then, of yeah. course, have my guards drive it was pretty scary. So we used it as like a booth. Like I just park it somewhere and like, you can sit there for shelter, but don't drive the damn car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, it was right. kind of like a, it, it's kind of like a form of content creation almost, uh, you know, like I'm trying to study a lot about content creation and creator brands, you know, and for you and what you do, that's, it's almost like content, you know, creating oh. a car you know, that is sort of free advertising, like mass advertising, wherever it goes, putting, putting it on YouTube. Like, that's brilliant, man. Like that's like creator branding type stuff. You know, absolutely. That's if you're using the car, why, why get, you know, everybody's like, Oh, get the, the, the Prius or the smart car, which you know, gag me. Um, yeah. But <laughs> you know, I don't need my guards driving around in a clown car. Yeah. If that's, if that's a shot to other security companies. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> It, oh, you know, if the guard's going to be driving around, I want to turn heads. Yeah, and this yeah. $2,500 piece of junk V6 Mustang is turning was was turning heads. The, four, the the Hummer H3 is turning heads not as much as the Mustang, I realize. But really? Yeah, it's something driving the, when it snows out. And uh, also wow. a recovery vehicle, too. Uh, I, I would have thought the Hummer would be like a big like eye draw, you know? You like, well, well, it's a Hummer H3. So I have to yeah. then get a Hummer H1, I think. That's what it's going to come down to. Hmm. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, sure yeah, it, will, I'm, I'm sure the wife will love when you pull up in a Hummer H1. At that. Yeah, well, yeah, she, she, yeah, I'm sure she'll have the same reaction when I showed up in the Audi S5. <laughs> it's like, where the kids go? I'm like, in the back, it's small. But so, yeah, just to go through, I'll, I'll run through it so we don't get too caught up in it. Um, so it's Richard Branson, all his virgin biographies. He did like mm -hmm. three biographies on his journeys. And just for someone who started a magazine who was a dropout in high school to now he has a galactic a company that goes to space. Yeah. That's, that's awesome inspiration nice. for anybody. I don't care what year it is or anything. Quench your thirst by the founder of Sam Adams Brewing. Mm. Uh, okay. you know, Sam Adams, great beer. And how that. he's competing against Anheuser-Busch. It was the it was before microbrews. And you're going yeah. against the big dog. So if you think it's a mom and pop's that can compete against huge corporate companies, you're completely wrong. It's mm. you know, starting from scrap, just someone who started uh, a scrap metal business. And his journey along, I think it's completely inspirational. And for my fellow veterans, thank you for my service by Matt Best, the founder of Black. Well, he's not the founder, but co-founder hmm. of Black Rifle Coffee. Okay. He, oh. you, his marketing is so awesome. You should check it out. He's not afraid of showing that he's a veteran. He's a former Army Ranger, and it's all military guys in his, you know, in his business on the, you know, towards the top level, and <clears throat> just great stuff. But it was his journey transitioning from being an army ranger to being a CIA contractor hmm. to then working his way, you know, t-shirt company to coffee business. And it's good coffee. You know, I mean, they don't make Nespresso pods versions, but when they do, hit me up, Matt. Yeah. Uh, and then, I gotta drop a, Oh, you got one more. Okay. No, I, I got a lot more, man. I'm sorry. Uh, you have, you know, of course your standard, which anybody should read think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie, uh, hmm. how to win friends and influence people. Grant could Grant Cordone be obsessed or be oh, average. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or if you're not first, you're last. That will make you pick up the phones. That's the sales portion. Yeah. That, that it, sales, sales, sales. That's a big one. 
Wolf of Wall Street, the mm. book. It's so much better than the movie. Really? A lot of okay. to learn. Okay. You know, the Tommy the Pen, Martin Scorsese did not say it right. Yeah. Um, selling to Vito, which is my, I'd have to say my key to sale, selling. Selling wow. to Vito. They, it's so old, they mentioned CompuServe and the Dewey Decibel system. Wow. <laughs> but it's methods as old and archaic as they are, I use they them. Work. It's mailing a letter that gets their attention, handwritten, and then calling up as a follow-up. Simple as that. Wow. And it's to find and it's to get to that person. And once they get that letter and you get something like cool and they're like, I threw a music mix C D. Mix mm. C D, yeah, I said it. And I wow. would say, Hey, I'm calling for Michael. This is Ian Dahlberg. Um he, I think he's expecting my call because they say I'm gonna call. And yeah, I get through so many times through gatekeepers just with that method through selling through wow. Yeah, wow. it's it's best. And then Murdoch method. Oh, so operational Murdoch method, the world Walmart effect, four hour work week, and then the straight hunter killer. Art of War, and anything about Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and Hannibal Barca for wow. business tactics. I oh, kid you not. Drops, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a gem for you, dude. Uh, I don't know if you know this one. Living with a Seal. You know what? Um, it, that's that. Oh my gosh! I just heard that on about that on um, a podcast. It was. Uh, I think I know who you, that. It was a guy who did coconut water. Was it? Yeah, it's got Jesse. Yes. It's, yeah, man. Oh, this book is hilarious, dude. You gotta. It's it's just it's an amazing book. It's hilarious, but I I blazed. I could not put this book down. Could not put it down. You I heard recently he he's like says the untapped market now is pickles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you're killing me, dude. Oh my god, dude! I was listening to him talk, and then I was like, I opened up the fridge, and I'm like looking at this pickle jar. We bought it from uh, Von Therm uh, Farms, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like it's running minds. I'm like, hey, you want some investors? Like, <laughs> let's make pickle sexy. I want to jump in. Uh, you know, I want to jump into really like the day to day running a security guard business. You know, providing security guards. It's a 24 seven job. You know, what were those early days like getting the business off the ground, you know, and do, and do you still answer those 3 a.m. phone calls? <clears throat> Hell no. Um, <laughs> it used to, but, you know, it, it comes down to having your foundational knowledge uh, in the security guard industry. You see people, mm. you know, and I'm not ripping on retired cops or anything like that, but that's usually what a security guard agency is. Okay. However, it, there's a long line of, court on contract security so you have to know what the security guards are going through you need to know what's like to have what's like when no one is showing up for shift and you have stuck doing the double what it's like to be on the calling end for the manager to find someone to cover for you or call mm -hmm. out process and then just seeing how this how it works as a supervisor <clears throat> how to keep people motivated and then being the corporate side the sales side the mm -hmm. the managing the pnl this is stuff you don't do when you're, you know, in the military or, or in law enforcement, you know, having to, you know, make sure you're aware and then communicating with clients that don't know anything about security to begin with, majority wise. Mm. You know, we have, have some great clients that it's like, boom, 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 we're on the same level. We understand the, the tax ops and then we're ready to go. And, you know, taking those calls as a field operations manager and then hiring a field operations manager to take those calls for you while you're operating on a, on a different level or the boring stuff, like everything that's on a screen. 
But mm-hmm. <clears throat> all that stuff, I would not, Dolcor would never succeed if I didn't move up those ranks in the corporate world. And it was the best school I ever had. Mm. If you, know, you want to learn about an industry, go in that industry and learn everything about it. Work for a big company. Don't try to rob some mom and pop. And I made sure I worked for one of the top five largest companies and I would learn everything. I was there before anybody and I left after everybody. And I would shadow the salespeople. I would shadow the top performers because I already had the idea that I want to have my own security guard agency. So mm, gotcha. that's with that knowledge breaking off and starting Dolcor after having, I think, God knows, I think maybe well over a hundred and something books and business books that I just read to keep get myself motivated, have mm. the knowledge base, kind of just know that you can succeed as long as you push yourself. And yeah. I went, you know, I started off, you know, I, I started off as a salesperson, uh, you know, for Dolcor, because that's all you have is a sales sale. So I'm running the selling to veto, you know, part where I'm having handwritten letter envelopes and then doing the follow-ups. Mm-hmm. And then I landed my first client with that. Now I'm still a salesperson, but I'm also now a security supervisor as well as a security guard. Yeah. Yeah. So I was holding post. It was for a group of cemeteries in Long Island, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, it was. You were time. there. You you would go there. I would go there. Wow. From Staten Island, two hour drive. You know, we had multiple locations. So the closest one is in Westbury, which was about an hour and a half drive, and the furthest one was in Corum, which was about a two hour drive, if not more, <clears throat> and hold the post because I only had three employees. Wow. And then, uh, and then, you know, once we uh, got that, I ended up getting a bank. So I'm still handing the call outs too. So the crazy part was I only had three employees for these local or three employees. It eventually grew to four uh, cemeteries. So it was three cemeteries we got over there. Um, mm-hmm. But um, when they would call out, I'd hold post for the, oh. it was just on the weekends. However, if I got two call outs, I would call <laughs> my friends uh-huh. and I'm like, yo, I will pay you cash. Just <laughs> go and hold post over here. And yeah. it was, you know, just getting as creative as possible without yeah, yeah. staff, especially in Long Island. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And then, you know, we landed um, a local bank over here uh, that's now been acquired by another company. And then it's like, all right, now my portfolio is growing and I have uh, the same issue, though. Someone calls out, I'm a security, I'm not even a security manager at this point. I am mm. a secure, I'm a salesperson still. And I'm a security supervisor. I'm literally driving, making sure that everybody's fine, making sure they're happy. But then the mm-hmm. call-outs happen. I would yeah. get three part-timers for this bank. So I only have an option of two people because I can't get my Long Island people to cover. Yeah, yeah. To, to cover the bank. And then if not, I'm holding post. But the best part was there's no conflicting jobs because my cemeteries were on the weekends and my banks were Monday through Fridays. So I'm oh. literally working seven days a week. Wow. And uh, you wow. get the call, you know, at like six o'clock in the morning, you think you're like, all right, I'm going to focus on the sales. And then I'll see you see your phone. Oh, my tummy hurts. You're like, you sound like my buddy. Uh, I, I've got another podcast coming on uh, with my buddy who has a restaurant. And he, he was, he just says like, I just tried to be available. Like availability was one of my biggest strong suits. The phone rang within two rings. I, I was picking it up, you know, like just had to be available. Like uh, the Goldman Sachs 15 minute rule. Yeah, dude, well, get to always respond. I still try to do that. But yeah. respond to your clients within 15 minutes of them reaching out. Wow. No what, what um 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember you telling me some pretty wild stories, you know, some crazy stuff going down, you know, like what, what's, uh, you know, without, you know, obviously revealing personal details or client details, but, you know, like what's, uh, what's a crazy situation you've had to deal with running a security guard business? Oh, Jesus. Um, is this, you guys change the rating of this podcast? <laughs> like, <laughs> my buddy, my buddy's a cop. He's told me some crazy <laughs> stuff just being like a cop, but uh, I can, you know, my mornings are so strange. If I don't get a phone call now nowadays, like I said, now we're completely scaled. So my guys get the calls uh, for the most part. But, you know, in my office, we share, there's a few of us business owners that share this space. I had the door open one time and I just moved in the office. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I always answer my phone speaker uh, when oh. I'm in the office, <laughs> which was a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So oh, my, my buddy who like once uh, you know moved in this office, uh, we have my friend Gal Ozana, um, at, who owns Ozana Realty. He has all these real estate agents uh, outside. Uh, they're always here in the mornings, and so I, I just like I was in the office. This is the second day I'm in the office, and I open it. And it's like so um, your guard's talking with the police because he witnessed the stabbing. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh my god. Dead. It was, you know, it was like right then off speaker. And it was like, what the, like, you know, this is, I, this is the stuff I deal with. And, you know, we, we have like situations where, you know, guards do find, you know, bodies. Um, wow. it, it, that's a big thing, especially with residentials, man, because I think I did, you've heard this one, um, when I was talking to, um, the property manager in our business group way back when, when we used to go, uh, you know, it was, you have all these buildings with all these units. But if someone passes away in a building, it could go three days before oh. someone reports the stench. Yeah. With having oh. a security officer, to, you know, patrolling the halls, they can catch that really quick or do wellness checks on people. And that's kind of where it's, you know, we catch it quicker. So there's been a, a lot of times in my careers, wellness checks that didn't, that came out less favorable than, uh, oh my God. than they should. Um, you know, the wild stuff, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of something that I won't that won't get me in trouble. <laughs> I mean, so I never, I would have never even thought like about you know, find discovering uh, somebody passed away in their home. I mean, that's pretty wild to me. Just something mm -hmm. that you have to deal with on the job, and I, and yeah, people would co also come to you because you're the security guard. They they would look at you as like a person responsible to handle that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't even think of that. Like that's I mean, crazy. This week alone, we, uh, my Monday started off with a story, uh, insert report where one of my guys Narcan somebody. Oh. Yeah, saved Dang. his life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> <job? laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Monday, uh, you know, as I like to say. Um, what, um, like, you, you know, you said you have, I think you said you have, what, 150 security yeah. guards now? No, what? Right, right, um, what, um, like how many secure and like, man, ama amazing story, just getting that off the ground. How many security guards did you have to sort of get to where you were like break even, you know, like how long did that take? And like, how many security guards did it take to get this like break even where you could, you know, pay yourself a salary, you know, cover your monthly nut, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough one. It was right before COVID. <laughs> Oh, and we uh, we landed this account, which is big for us. It was a twenty four seven account. 
it was uh so it was probably from getting off the ground i know it was i was with bni actually at the time mm -hmm. and uh, my daughters my wife was pregnant with the twins my daughters were due and it came down to like i need to land this account or i need to find a job wow and two days before um before his delivery date i got the uh, uh email at three in the morning for some weird ass reason and i was up because i mean especially when you're starting a company you don't sleep mm. you know? and it was a uh, so three in the morning i see this email come through and it's like we decided to go forward with dollcore i was like oh wow okay good you know oh wow like this is a big account and then all of a sudden i'm thinking oh wow i'm over my head <laughs> and then you start <laughs> what am i how am i gonna afford this to pay the guards ahead of time and um but took it and then uh you know my my daughters were born and then about two weeks later we started the job i had the team built up uh, i was able to what's crazy was i um when we especially the big thing that was our success too was the winter lantern festival so mm -hmm. when I had those short number of accounts, we um, there was a festival at Snug Harbor. A friend of mine reached out to me, told me about it, and uh, he then made me put me in contact with uh, the director of facilities. Who's still a good friend of mine, and um, put in a bid. So you know, that's the thing I was saying: like, learn everything from the company. I know the price points. I know what's going to give. Um, you know what's going to say, "Hey, we'll go with you," or "Well, that's too much for us," and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I totally underbid it. So I'd break even if that on mm. just so I get this job. And it was supposed to be just six guards. It was a six week event, six days a week. And it grew to, I think, just under 20 guards per event. Wow. Wow. Because the numbers that were given to me were wrong. You know, for oh. an event. Wow. It's, you know, it's supposed to be uh one so certified by fdny um one of those for every 75 attendees okay so they were expecting not many people to show up to this thing and then the ticket sales started showing up oh. so it went from six guards to where we're meeting with nypd and the captain's like do you think that's enough guards and i'm just like no <laughs> to 15 oh and i remember after I'm like can you do it? i'm like yeah i can do this i went to my car in the parking lot i actually threw up wow because i was i only had five guards on staff oh my god <laughs> oh jeez. so and, and like i said if you want to be successful learn from other companies so i knew what i needed to do to do rapid hiring for a security guard agency so i put all the tools and then some and reached out to my whole network and i was able to get people there mm. because i also paid a lot for a small, you know, I was basically yeah. paying the bill rate at this point. I was yeah. not making any money for six weeks. We was highly successful. People still talk about when we were there. They they don't go for the the the, the providers of that. They don't go for us anymore because they asked yeah. for the price and I gave them my real price. And they're like, oh, well, why why are we charge high? I'm like, dude, I wasn't making any money. I was there every day to make sure it went good. And yeah. I used to roll still from that. I hired a camera person, all this stuff, and wow. that put us on the map to uh, to take on. Uh, what we have. So that allowed us to get the attention of the property management company mm. that um, wow. that was able to bring us to that next level to where I can afford to live and then mm. just kept growing. And now that I remember that property manager uh, company being 75% of my portfolio on the pie chart. Yeah. And 
<laughs> knocked it down to four percent. Oh, dude, that's because we were so big. We got so big, and it was like something that just took so much and it like required so much attention. And now it's like, and if they go, we're screwed. And then, um, and then we knocked it down. So once we grew, COVID happened. Jeez, <laughs> this was before. How many, there. how many years were you operational when COVID hit? Like three. Uh, so that was yeah, about two. Because then I got Western. Uh, I got that group of uh, grocery stores too at that point. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened three months after landing contract, and I had two nightclubs that were supposed to start on April fir- on April something. COVID oh. happened like two weeks before launch. Oh my god! So oh. some you work so hard for, you're finally making money, and you're just watch here getting the the calls from clients. I had calls in Staten Island. I I mean, I had mm. so much great momentum, and I was like, I couldn't believe this has happened, and then just watch it all go away. Wow. And luckily, wow. our property management client and our grocery store client and our cemetery clients still stayed solid because they were essential requirements. Yeah. It was at that point, again, I was looking for a job because we were getting down to like, okay, now we have a lifestyle. I can't, I, you know, I have to provide. I have my two daughters. I have my son. Yeah. And I, I can't just do it off this business. This has to be a side business right now. Yeah. And then the George Floyd incident happened. Mm. on one side so the riots in the street streets happened very rich people got scared and wanted security guards at their residential buildings and i tell you they just were coming in left and right the doormen were not wanting to do this oh so this dull core security jumped in Mm. and then on the other side i don't know if you remember that um and i said this was gonna happen too before it happened people were checking the covid cards and you were quite and like people do not like to be told they can't go somewhere. Oh. And there was that restaurant where the guy from like attacked the the hostess. Oh right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. And it was mm-hmm. just like I told and I once we started that stuff like that started happening, we were called in for covid checks and covid card checks and then we grew bigger than we ever were. It was wow. like wow. You know, anyone in business, your your business is definitely going to go up and down. But mine went like this and then just disappeared. Like, it's just like, all it is gone. But within a couple of months, and that's where it comes in. Winston Churchill, never let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah. The crisis shot us to the next level and then some. And we still have those clients that we were doing COVID checks for that never had security before, but they decided to keep us. That's crazy. So... So if a business, you know, is considering bringing on their first security guard, they've never had one before. You know, what, what for business owners out there, you know, who need a security guard, you know, or residential properties, what have you, you know, what are some of the top things they should take into consideration to prepare on their end to, mm-hmm. to like actually bring and onboard and have a security guard on location? Absolutely. Uh, you know, to look at a security guard, you have to think crime is like water or electricity that goes through the path of least resistance. So, you know, you you have your devices, you have your technology side, and it's always, in my industry, it's always gonna know what the current technology is. And then you have the guard side as well. The guard acts as a deterrent. Having a guard on post at a front door, and I can prove it over and over again with my loss prevention clients, mm-hmm. theft goes down on a level that's so great that it pays for the guard being there and then some. You're making more money by, and that's what I love about loss prevention is like, yes, you're going to pay this salary, but you're going to save this much. You're going to say, you're going to get more money out of this deal. 
Yep. But yep. also making sure that you have your, you know, your tags on, say, your clothes. We, we have a lot of high-end retail. Make sure that you have, you know, the staff also trained to, mm-hmm. you know, and make sure that you're not just leaving your stuff out there to get stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, having the cameras and, you know, the, the detectors. You know, someone walks through, you need that alarm to go off. The guard So you have to cover, alarms. like, you, you kind of help them holistically even just cover some of the other ground basics that they should be doing. I do. I I team up with my tech. I have technology guys that I team up with all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't get a cut or anything. It's like, dude, I team up with you. You're making my life easier. It's not a replacement because they're still going to steal. But if when you have some of the door, it you can see the difference in the numbers on anyone that hires a security officer, especially for loss prevention. You can see difference in the numbers. Residentials, it's the same thing. If you're being watched, if you if you if you know you've seen with cameras, people are checking car doors and, and breaking into places, the cameras are there. But a person sends a whole different signal in the brain that they're like, I'm being watched by that person there. I'm going to mm. go over here where it's quiet. Every, everywhere you want to do something that's, that, even when you're a kid, even with kids in general. <laughs> oh, my daughter knows like to go into the other room and exactly. like, find, do something that like, it's like, what are you doing over there? <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> my kids have the basement, the whole right in the basement we made into like a padded asylum. <laughs> but the minute they all go down there and then all three of them are playing and it's really quiet because they know no one's watching them. And I do have a security camera down there that follows them. <laughs> but my house has so much security in it. It's, it's insane. It's, it's, well, my, even in the backyard, like, this is the basement is being watched. I don't, you know, oh, watch like, the bathrooms and the kitchen and stuff like that in the bedrooms, but the basement's like their playroom. But even around the backyard, like, you know, one of my daughters like, oh, Connor pushed me. I'm like, really? No, she fell. I'm like, yeah, let's check the DVR. Oh, my God, dude. But, <laughs> you know, they, they, they don't have that concept. It goes down to kids. They don't, the cameras are there. Yeah. They know the cameras are there. They're still going to try to get away with it. But having a person there, your kids won't try to pull half the shit you, they do <laughs> with you there in front of them. It's the same oh, concept. My- it's that simple. Oh my God! So if you want people, uh, if you want to keep people out, the person, that person there makes a huge difference. Yeah. Last last question, you know, and actually, you you, you perfectly segued into this question. You know, there's just so much going on in the world right now. I read a lot about right this sort of like retail apocalypse, like all these shop shoplifting issues plaguing brick and mortar businesses. Like, what in your opinion, like, will this ultimately mean for the future of shopping experiences for customers? You know, especially in like maybe big box, like kind of retail stores, like targets and stuff. And, you know, how can, you know, how can security guards and what you do be part of the solution to that problem? Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a huge one. It's, yeah. um, it's not going to get better. And the reason sure. why is yeah, once COVID hit um, and, you know, I'm, I don't have a, I don't ever give an opinion on political or how I feel. I just state the facts. Law enforcement is not responding and rightfully so, because we have, you know, these things. Mm-hmm. And even if, if they're not in their right, people record them. But the problem is if they're in their right, people are recording it too. So mm. there's such a latency on response. Okay. And from the police side, you mean? From, from the like, police side. Forward. And I don't rip on the police. They have the hardest job in the world. Oh, I, 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 I applied to be a cop. I, I wanted, I took the test and everything, but there was a high, when I got in the military, I got a hundred and then, you know, plus the five that you get for being military. And mm-hmm. there was a hiring freeze. 
and that's when I discovered security. I am so happy for that hiring freeze. <laughs> because they then called me and I was like, I'm already, you know, a branch manager at one of the largest secure, actually the largest security firm in the world. And I'm learning so much about this industry. I'm, I was so mm. glad that mm. that is when the call came and I just said, no, I'm not interested. Thank you. Mm. Because it's just getting worse for them. And, you know, that, you know, they're not going to stop someone for stealing an item. It's just, it, it's not there anymore. And you see people walk in. They take an item, the camera's there, their face is there, nothing's being done. Wow. But the minute they push a guard over, then it becomes an assault case. If, mm. uh, you know, it, they also, you know, see anybody with a security jacket, it's kind of like Milgram's theory. I don't know if you know of it, if uh, mm. it's a so sociology major right here. So there was a study um, where people were in white coats, but they never mentioned that they were a doctor. And oh, okay. They can, um, it, it's, it's totally unethical and it's from the 70s. So, but uh, <laughs> they, they tell this person to do it. It's like, no, it's okay. You can do this. But he never mentioned, they never mentioned their doctor because he had the white coat. They did that same thing with security. They see someone with a square badge, that a security officer, even mm. though <laughs> secret is out, it's, they have the same authority as us. It's tort yeah. law. Yeah. They, they, they can do, when they make an arrest, it's a citizen's arrest. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, but having that you see just a massive change so i think oh, gotcha. the people presence listen you can have the cameras you can have the the devices that set off the alarms the man alarm goes off they'll run out yeah but having that person there watching them is going to make them think twice and that's mm. a majority of the time that's all it takes is for that person's willing to steal an item to see a guard and think twice and put it back and go to a store that doesn't have a security officer and that's just yeah. going to get more and more um common to have mm -hmm. security guards there because people know that the consequences are not there anymore in comparison yeah. to how wow. they were five six years ago wow wow man this is just incredible uh i i did not know you were such a voracious reader i love reading uh, i'm definitely going to be trading books with you and sending you book links i uh i think so many people are going to get a lot of value out of the show uh, hats off to you, brother, for everything you've had to deal with just trying to build and launch this kind of business. Uh, like I said, I, I probably want to pick your brain just about staffing in general. I do more remote staffing, but you know, I really want to grow that in 2024. So uh, I'm inspired, man. I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's a great show, by the way. So thank you I for having me. It. Thanks, brother.